So what's up, guys? Welcome to Counterculture Reacts. My name is Jamie. To my right is our crepuscular worship leader, Amen. Joel. Together we want to motivate the church to influence the culture with the kingdom of God by applying a biblical worldview to every single topic. Amen. I want to encourage you to subscribe to our Freedom Church NJ YouTube mm -hmm. channel and wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave a comment on what you thought, or if you have a topic you'd like us to address, that would be really, really mm -hmm. awesome. So yeah. do that. Got some really good comments on our uh, eschatology video um, from a few weeks ago. And um, yeah, really people just being interested in not just that topic, but learning, you know, and digging in deeper to oh, the scriptures. So and uh, we love to see that. So definitely leave us a comment and hopefully leave something that's encouraging. <laughs> um, we also have some sponsors. Uh, we would be remiss to not um, yes. talk remiss. about them. Uh, Born Again Baking uh, from Lucinda Lynch, uh, her homemade uh, bakery, and uh, she made us tonight some amazing um, pesto cheese Pesto balls? cheese <laughs> ball thingies, ball knots, thingies? maybe? Yeah, knots. Were they knots? Kind of like garlic. They yes, yeah. they were. Like garlic no, they knots, were. but they were super puffy. Like, like cream puffs. Very airy. Yeah, yeah a mix of garlic knots and cream puffs. They were puffs. very tasty. And, uh, and a meat sauce. So she does like savory and sweet. Yeah. So I think I think she well, would say she that does she does for us. Yeah, I think she would say she specializes in uh, buy stuff from her. Yeah, please. So borninginbaking.com, uh, put CC10 in for ten percent off your order. Um, she's a great woman of God, and she comes to counterculture. Yeah. So um, definitely support her. Um, also, friendsoftodayschoice.org, uh, women's yep. resource center, um, and want to support them uh, any way that we can. They do awesome work for the kingdom and for women. Yeah, definitely um, pray for them, too. Yeah. I, I just got an email from them uh, asking for prayer uh, for a, a young lady who was coming in mm -hmm. who um, was set on getting an abortion. Mm -hmm. Like, she was actually upset that they weren't offering an mm -hmm. abortion at the place. Mm -hmm. they, they encouraged her to get an ultrasound. She saw the baby, um, cried when she saw the mm -hmm. baby, and started to really think it through. Yeah. And... Uh, but was still kind of adamant about the mm -hmm. abortion. And uh, so pray for her that she would come back mm -hmm. with her boyfriend mm -hmm. and make a decision yeah. to, to save the baby's life. So yeah. Uh, definitely, yeah. Yeah, yeah so when we do stuff like stuff. this, I mean, and we like joking around, obviously, and having fun, but there's a ton of um, serious things that are going on. Today it's going to be kind of a serious episode um, as well. Um, and so that's fitting that you brought that up too, um, just to kind of set the tone, I guess. Sure. Because today we're going to be talking about um, <clears throat> deconstruction, and which is uh, kind of a common, almost fad in social media that's going on uh, in the past couple of years of people who were brought up in the Christian, especially evangelical world, and are rethinking and going back to seeing if their faith is real or not, and a lot of people leaving the faith and not believing in God anymore. Um, and losing the faith that they once had. So we're going to be uh, reacting to um, a popular YouTube uh, duo, uh, Rhett and Link, um, popularly uh, known for their Good Mythical Morning um, YouTube uh, channel, which is awesome. It's, it's really it's, good. It's really good. <laughs> it's yeah. really good, yeah. Um, but they were both um, brought up in Christian homes. Yeah. 
and kind of have that, you know, like Baptist, you know, I said the words when I was 13 to be saved and stuff like that, then got older and started getting some different, um, different views brought to them. And um, then we'll, we'll, we'll find out, you know, his journey towards now being, I believe, an agnostic. Yeah. Yeah, you'll be you'll be talk, uh, we'll be watching yeah. Rhett tonight, and it's yeah. a fairly long video. Yeah, and Rhett talks a, a lot about how he was. It was more than that, uh, just making a confession kind of thing. It right, was, he was he was very involved. You know, even preaching at church. Mm-hmm. You know, when he was older, and and uh, leading Bible studies, and mm-hmm. you know, so he was always he was defending the faith. Yeah. you know, throughout, and uh, but there were still things in there that that caused him to, you know, he still had questions. You know. And, and we may all have, you know, I'm right. sure we all will have questions, yeah. you know, um, but it's, you know, what do we do with that? Right. You know, exactly. So. Yeah. Do we, um, yeah. Do we eventually throw away like our faith and our foundation or do we have the questions, but do we look at both sides? I think that's going to be for me, one of the biggest things having dealt with doubts of my own, but also a lot of different beliefs and stuff. Um, are you willing to look at both sides the best that the both sides have to right. offer to come to a full orbed conclusion um, or not? So, but we shall see. So I'm excited yeah. to uh, to get into All it. All right, yeah. So this is, uh, it's called Rhett's Spiritual Deconstruction. Um, and we do hope that if uh, any of you guys, either you or somebody you know, or maybe you're a parent and one of your kids is uh, struggling with the faith, um, hopefully uh, something that we say, um, or just you guys thinking deeply about the things that people who have gone this path before have gone into. Um, hopefully, it can give you some good ideas on how to defend your faith and what things that would really help them in their struggles. So that's that's our, our hope in doing this. So, Ready? Let's do it. Okay, we're starting uh, eight minutes in. Just taking down some notes. Yeah this with as much humility as possible so that um it is going to get detailed and i'm trying i really try to condense it down but this is a this is like a years-long process this is we're going back i'm going back basically 20 years and kind of telling a lot of different things that happen but i'm gonna this is not going to be as detailed as some of you might want it to be and it's going to be more detailed than some of you want it to be i like his hair okay so you don't uh, it's too crazy it's girl and i'm, and I'm, I'm his good. hair is crazy his hair is you want to hold my hand his hair. uh if you need that sure <laughs> my hair is curly. Um, i'm also going to take notes because i don't want to interrupt you if there's something i'm thinking that i'll just jot it down where's your hat and if i want you to hold my hand at any point i'll just extend it okay? oh yeah, yeah i think so your tree hat uh first of all even though we it finally got cut down. I think the squirrel's making a home what with it, it right now. <laughs> I think it did before already. <laughs> uh, now, I believe that Jesus was the Son of God, that a personal relationship with him was the only way to be Why saved, I, the only way to go to heaven when you die. Um, and yes. this belief defined everything for me. This, this was a, my worldview. It gave me purpose and meaning. And I lived with this knowledge of this spiritual reality, right? There's a spiritual reality that is constantly around us, kind of permeating every decision, every relationship, every conversation. Um, And I wanna emphasize how big of a deal it was to me. It was a relationship. Uh, And and I wanna say that because I've noticed that when I tell my story, 
often people kind of conclude that I was never a true Christian, mm-hmm. right? And I and and I'm, I'm addressing this up front for a couple of reasons. First of all, I understand why people do this because this is what I did for many years when I, I had friends who said, you know, I don't really believe that anymore. And I would be like, well, you must have never believed it. You must have mm-hmm. never really had a real relationship with Jesus because according to my particular theology at the time, which was eternal security, which is once you're God's child, you're always God's child and you can't get away. Once you have faith, you might fall away for a little bit, but you're always gonna come back and you're gonna be, you're sealed, you're delivered, you're gonna be saved. Can we pause it? And please. So I wanna address just one, a uh, couple things that he said there. One was that um, that he had a relationship, mm-hmm. right, with Jesus, and you'll see uh, later on as we get into it, um, it. It's just something to listen to, you know, uh, and kind of point out because, you know, as uh, it, the whole thing is about him deconstructing, kind of walking away from the faith. Um, like, how do you have a relationship with? Like, like, what relationship was going on if God's not there? You know, so he's saying I had a real relationship, yeah. but now he doesn't believe that Jesus is real, like really God. Or yeah. So, which one is it? You right. know what I mean? Right. So it's no, you didn't have a real relationship. Yeah. Or you did have a real relationship, and then. How did how is that? <laughs> but not how is he not real now? Still, yeah, you know. So right, uh, you, you don't have a real relationship with something that's not there. Right. Yeah. You know. So so it's just something to, yeah. to think about there. Yeah, I'll just I'll just bring up too. Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of things that um, are true or not true, or real or not real, depending on your biblical interpretation of certain passages. Sure. So when he's saying things like. Um, some people would tell me, oh, I just never believed, right? The reason that people would tell him that is because of specific Bible passages that would seem to prove that. Not like, well, you must just not have really believed kind of thing. It's like, well, actually, no, because Scripture says something like when um, they come to Jesus at the end of Matthew 25, I believe, the sheep and the goats, didn't we do all of these things, right, in your name and stuff like that? Like, didn't we know you? And Jesus said, I never knew you. Not... um, not I knew you once, but now I don't know you anymore. Well, you didn't say, and you didn't. Well, you didn't believe hard enough, right? Me, right. You know, or enough in me, kind right? Of thing. But it was I never knew you. Yeah. So passages like that would be taken to be like, okay, let's say I have no idea where where re- like his soul is or was sure. then. Sure. But as far as we could tell, if he was in that spot that he says that he was in, right, being in the normal, you know, evangelical. Uh, situation to quote Doug in the video, um, then where he would be, you would say, yeah, he's a Christian, he's a believer. So then, would you tell him at that point, oh, you can't walk away from the faith? Like, there's no possible way that you could. The problem is we make things so cut and dry without mm-hmm. being able to really see into their heart, and if they really do have a relationship, right. we can only go by their profession or what they say. And so then, if somebody like him, if he really did have that. Um, walking the walk kind of a thing and you know not just talking the talk but like doing the things that a christian does kind of a thing and then walks away does that mean that he did know jesus and now he doesn't know and jesus knew him but now he doesn't know him anymore because that would contradict then what jesus said about 
I never knew you. Right. 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 So um, now I have no problem saying that he was a true believer. No, was a believer and walked the walk and did all of that stuff and then walked away. And so if you wanted to say, okay, so that means that he lost his salvation, you could say that in this category, like this right. narrow category, but in the sense of he was justified by faith, sealed with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit was inside of him and he's a new creation, right. and then he walked away. That's not what I'm saying, that you can lose your salvation in that sense. And be, because how can a new creation go back well, to that, an old creation? And, yeah, you know? and and just hit the terminology like you're saying that, that he used, you know, because um, he used the term faith. It's like, well, Believing yeah. in Jesus yeah. and being born of the Spirit may not be the same thing. Yeah, you know, if you're born of the Spirit, which is the necessary thing, right? right. It's not that it's, and we can parse all the scripture with yeah. all this stuff at whatever time, but it it's not. If you don't have the Spirit, you're not made alive. You're not a new creation. Mm-hmm. So you can say with your mouth right that jesus is lord Mm -hmm. um but if you don't have that spirit giving you life Mm -hmm. then you are not born again Mm -hmm. and so that's like just being careful with the the, yeah the words the problem is on on both sides of this debate of if you can lose your salvation yeah that's where it goes (laughs) and like every other debate pretty much people don't use enough nuance and there's way too much nuance that you have to go into in parsing out all of the biblical Absolutely. passages and then also how that applies to like the human experience yeah. of like, well, I was following Jesus and now I'm not. How does that make me not like I was a Christian and now I'm not? And it's like, okay, well, let's parse that out because yeah, you could say that you were walking in the sense of Christianity, but if you lost that, it doesn't mean you lost your relationship with Jesus. It just means you were going along with the people who were doing that. And you even believed probably in like a, you know, in some sense, in the superficial sense, uh, all the story about Jesus and stuff like that. But like you said, it doesn't mean that you were made alive right. and then walked away like from that kind of a thing. Sure. So, um, but my point is all of the nuance that is involved in every single one of the Bible passages, it's just not as cut and dry as a lot of people make uh, these kind of things out to be. So m- me personally, for where I stand right now, would come down on the side that you, a true Christian cannot lose their salvation right. because they're a new believer. Like they're a new, they're a new creation. creation. Yeah. Exactly. And they have the spirit and then like... like the They're born of the spirit. And the, the, the mm-hmm. one of the nuanced things that people don't get into <laughs> enough is like, so you're saying like God's forcing me to stay with him kind of a thing or like I can't leave if I wanted to. It's like, that's not the point. The point is a new creation wants new things. Right. A new creation doesn't want the old life anymore. They still struggle with it. Romans 7, Paul's like, you know, I, sure. I, I still struggle with my flesh, but it's a struggle of the flesh. But then he says, who's going to rescue me from this body of death? Because if it's just me, I would walk away, Right. you know? But he says, thanks be to God who gives yeah. us the victory through Jesus Christ. Goes into Romans 8, there's no condemnation for those right. who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Because we have a new spirit inside of us. Right. And so it's not like, oh, it's forcing me. It's like, no, but it's that you, you have new desires now because you have a new being inside sure. of you. And that's the issue that I would have with. So what happens well, to that being? Like, well, it's, it's the adverse to, to the, I think adverse is the right word, converse, adverse. I forget which one's in line, but um, the opposite, we'll say. Okay. Or, or, or not, not the opposite, but, but similar to the, 
the drive that we have towards sin because of our our, our nature, right. our, our sin nature. When we're born of the Spirit, we have a drive to please God right. that wasn't there before. Yeah. And now we have we have a drive to do that. It doesn't mean we're like that drive is forcing us to do that. Right. It's that well now I have a different nature that yeah. that is kind of pushing me along to to desire those things. Yeah. And uh, and that's you know that's a, a good thing. Yeah. You know, and, and all of that again is is both biblical interpretation. Yeah. Like that's where we're getting that from. It's not like, oh, I just feel like I want to do good things now, you know, kind of a thing. Right. I think that does happen also. Like it does bear out in reality right. also. But mainly, like how do you come down on these Bible passages that say, you know, it is God who works in you to mm-hmm. will and to work for his good pleasure. You know, it's like, well, I don't always feel that all the time. So does that mean that it's not like I'm not, you know what I mean? Well, it's like, well, your interpretation of those Bible passages kind of has to run the way that you see your life too. Mm-hmm. It's not always going to be like whacking you over the head. It's like the, the spirits, you know, leading me in this, you know, sometimes it is, but, um, but sometimes it's much more nuanced than that. Sure. So, but that's why we have to go with what scripture is saying as the final authority for that. Sure. So that this is good for us to, to, because it, it really does ask a lot of those questions yeah. like, okay, so, you know, can, can you lose it kind of thing, right. you know? Yeah. And then, uh, and, and it, it forces you to really dig into the scripture. It forces you to, um, to define the terms. That's a good thing. Yes. You know? Yeah. And these things, you know, we can be do the afraid. Hard, do the hard work. Yeah, yeah. We can be afraid. Like when, when we watch these as parents, we'll say like, I'm a parent. So Apparently. As, as a, as a parent, you know, I could be like uh, afraid, you know, it's not my nature and I'm not afraid, but, yeah. but I could be when I see stuff like this mm-hmm. and be like, oh, well, if it can happen to them, mm-hmm. well, you know, what about my kids? They're raised in a Christian home. And, you know, what if they start asking these questions? Because he's going to go through a bunch of the things, you know, all the, a lot of the details. And it's very well done. And he's sincere and he's an honest mm-hmm. guy. I think he does a great job. Um, explaining, you right. know, and, uh, but we shouldn't be afraid, but we should do our due diligence to understand what the questions are and to be able to be the ones that our kids go to mm-hmm. so that we can walk yes. alongside them and help them through this mm-hmm. and not be so critical or so rigid that we would we would not be able to hear what they have to say, their concerns that they have. Because a lot of times that rigidity is what makes a reaction mm-hmm. when, they, when the young people, they just you want know, to they're differently they're, than you. Because well, if they don't have a good relationship with you either. Well, that's true too. Um, but, but when you are raised a certain way and this is all you ever hear and it's never challenged and then you have questions because it's not consistent in certain ways and it could be just how, you know, how you're taught. It's just not a consistent thing. Mm-hmm. It's another reason to be as consistent as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you, you and, and you're just rigid with that, then they hear something else that kind of answers their concern, like their question, mm-hmm. and they're not getting an answer from the other, from the, the church side. Yeah. But they're, now they're getting an answer from the side that's, against God or, you know, or just, just 
the opposite of God yeah. or whatever. It's just not bring God not bringing it. God into it. Yeah, and uh, and then you, it, it it ends up being a reaction because it's like, well, I'm not getting an answer there, yeah. but this is an answer. Yeah, and it's like, and then they just hold on to that. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 we should be able to bring them in and say, that's a good question. Let's sit yeah. down. Let's talk about that. Yeah. You know, so we as parents have a responsibility to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we as Christians have a responsibility mm-hmm. to, to do that, to be able to encourage the younger believers and mm-hmm. to, you know, um, train up a child in the way that they should go. There it, is. it is not a, it, that is, I, in context, that is not necessarily parents with children yeah that is it just says train up a child in the way that they should go that is the responsibility of the older people to Mm -hmm. train up the younger people in the way that they should go Mm -hmm. and uh the church should be full of people that that the kids could go to and say right yeah i'm not really sure about this and they well well, let's sit down let's talk about let's get your parents involved let's let's work through this right you know, we, sh- we shouldn't be afraid. Of yeah. That, so. but, you uh, should want to be a person that people would want to go to when yeah. they have questions like that. Instead of, well, he's set in his ways. I know he's not going to really listen to my, right, right. you know, my c- complaints. Yeah. Because some are good complaints. Like good, good, oh, not good arguments. Yeah. Well, maybe good arguments. Good questions. Uh, good questions. It's like, have, okay. Right. Yeah, that's a good question. Right. Let's talk through it. And there's yeah. been, yeah, there's been questions for 2,000 years, you know, about Christianity and stuff. So it's not like it's new. Right. You know. All right, well, let's plug along. Yeah, now that we're one minute in. <laughs> That's a difficult thing for me now because I gotta be honest, it kind of feels very dismissive, right? Um, and I don't think it really accounts for what actually the reality was and is. And so the only thing I'm gonna ask is that you just don't reduce me to a theological footnote uh, as, you're, as you're listening to this story. Because... As far as I'm concerned, Jesus was as real to me as he possibly could be without physically manifesting himself in my presence. (laughs) Um, Except that now he's not real. We were in conversation. So you weren't Um, in conversation. So if he's not real. With that kind of setting the stage, I'm going to get into the story uh, kind of starting back with my college years. But first... We're going to do an ad break. Oh, <laughs> classic. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, this doesn't work like that. Okay. A little fast forward action. Okay. Um, I have always been a naturally skeptical person. Um, Which so is good. Even mm-hmm. in the midst of in a, a very vibrant mm-hmm. Christian faith. Innocence. Innocence. I would have doubts. Um, you know, I, I'd hear a little something about how the Bible came together, you know, how the, the 27 books of the I New Testament know. were kind of put together and the way that, you know, the canon came together. And I, I'd be like, ah, this doesn't seem as clean as uh, maybe I thought that it might have been. Um, I would think a little bit about the resurrection of Jesus and I'd be like, that's 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 a tough thing. It's a tough thing, but it, but that's the whole point. It's tough. I have faith. I, I you know. And what I would typically do is I would like have these sessions where I would sort of rederive my faith, but also rederive. I would do what I think a lot of Christians do is that when you have a doubt about something, you go and you read a Christian expert. You know, we call it apologetics in Christianity. Somebody who can basically defend the faith. These are smart people who have who can, you know, they can read Hebrew and Greek and they, uh, they've been to seminary, they've written books and they spend their life studying this stuff. And they put out a lot of material that, and, and they're smarter than me and they, 
are more knowledgeable than me. So what I would do is I would just go and I would find somebody who was smarter than me and they would be like, oh no, it's, here, it's very reasonable to believe this. There's very good reason to believe this. And that would kind of plaster over my doubt mm -hmm. in that particular area for a while. What, what time frame are you referring to? Are you talking about adulthood or are you talking about as a kid? Uh, it, this probably started in high school, uh, was happening a lot in college and then has happened ever since. Mm -hmm. But in college, uh, I met some people who were really interested in the book of Genesis and were specifically what you call a young earth creationist. So there this is, is someone who believes that the book of Genesis is literal history uh, and that the implication from that is that the world is between six and 10,000 years old. That's when this whole thing began. Uh, along with that comes the idea that Noah's flood, like Noah and the ark, that's a true story. Uh, and the entire world was flooded like, you know, a few thousand years ago, all the animals were on a boat, and then every single layer of sediment that you see with all the fossils and everything in it is a result of that flood. And this, there, this isn't a small group of people. This is, there's a large group of people uh, in evangelical Christianity who believe this, still believe this. I never thought about this. Go My parents didn't really care much about these particular issues, right? It wasn't something that like we grew up being taught. It wasn't taught in our youth group. A lot was being taught. Yeah. On a multiple times a week as we were involved, but we didn't tackle this issue. Did they go to the but same church? It was, I was like, hmm, I haven't really thought about this. Let me look into this. And again, it I'm gonna do this multiple much. times in the story today. I'm gonna tell you that I looked that into anyway. something and then I'm not going to give you an ex extraustive or extensive because they're not talking There's a couple places stuff. I'm gonna go into that, but here's not one of them because I just don't have time. But long story short. Too late. When I looked into this, I basically learned that no matter what scientific discipline you start from, the evidence points overwhelmingly to a world that is very old, billions of years old to be specific. Um, and basically the world doesn't really make sense unless it's ancient. I mean, there's so many things about the world that don't make sense. Um, now, two, just a couple of helpful books that were helpful for me. There's lots of places you can see all this stuff, but uh, these are both from a Christian perspective. First one was Creation in Time by Hugh Ross, which kind of takes a little bit more look at the astronomical aspect mm -hmm. of this. And then another one that gets more into geology is The Bible, Rocks, and Time, which is an incredible resource that if you're interested in this, I suggest that you read. So I'll just pause that for one second, mm -hmm. um, just to say, um, for me, at least for right now, where I'm at in trying to understand his story and where he's coming, he's coming from, uh, I think those are all valid, really valid like questions, especially sure. when you're hearing things from um, secular or, or just the world, like sci scientific things sure. like that. Um, I would just say that that does not have any bearing on like Jesus and salvation. Right. I understand it has bearing on how you interpret Genesis and how you can interpret the world in that sense. But um, the, the two ways, the two reasons that I think that Noah's flood, which he referenced, I'll just say Noah's flood for the, as just the first thing, is because Jesus mentions Noah's flood and as a historical event. And Second Peter mentions Noah's flood as the whole world being dissolved, you know, underwater. So those things, more than just an interpretation of the Hebrew in Genesis, those things, if you believe that Jesus rose from the dead, prophesied his own death and resurrection, and then did that, 
And then he is not a false prophet and he is not a false teacher. He is a true, like people say he was a great teacher, right? But maybe wasn't God, let's say. Well, if he's a good moral teacher, that means he's not lying. Otherwise, he's not a good moral teacher, is he? So if he is telling the truth about Noah's flood, then that means that all the stuff back in Genesis about Noah's flood was true. If he rose from the dead, I mean, that seems very reasonable to me. So... But I don't think that has a bearing on whether or not Jesus rose from the dead, necessarily, which is the core of Christianity. And then also in terms of the age of the earth, I think that's even less uh, important of an issue in regards to, like, salvation and all of those things. Um, Because somebody like Hugh Ross is a solid believer, you know, from as far as we can tell. And even though he believes in the old earth, um, there are certain things in there, in that... um, that discussion that would be more or less important. So, for instance, Hugh Ross would believe in an old universe, billions of years, but not necessarily an old, um, like for humans, right. or, or humans, old, old humanity, yeah. not the evolutionary right. aspect of humans right. from apes kind of thing. Now, from my study of that, it seems very clear that the most unclear theory from both a scientific, geologistic, <clears throat> that's, <laughs> you can see I'm really spreading my wealth of knowledge there, um, and just the way that the world works, the least credible thing of that is molecules to man evolution. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that does, in the scientific world, the non-believing, non-Christian scientific world, I do not believe that there is much, as much evidence for that as people make that seem. You want to talk about old Earth in terms of the planets sure. and the there's there's arguments that are are viable on each side for the, for the for old the Earth, old Earth or the or the young Earth. But somebody like a Hugh Ross or a William Lane Craig, who are the foremost Christian apologists, who are both old Earth that they believe the Earth or the universe right. is old universe, yeah, is billions of years old, are still faithful believers in the gospel and oh, in yeah. Jesus, sure. and also in that. God made humans differently than he made animals. And those two things are, they're not, wait, are, they are mutually exclusive. So you can have a faith in the risen Jesus and um, believe in an old earth still, or old universe, let's say, or old earth, I think. But, um, but the less credible belief is the evolution of molecules to man or you know apes to, to inanimate kind of objects to right life, I mean. right yeah. that i don't think that even from a secular perspective you can say oh it's just so clear kind right. of a thing so i hope that that may, is a good point you know yeah and i, 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 I hope think that makes sense. i think he's building a case for the veracity of scripture and that's where he's he's starting with this and that these are questions that are building his his reasoning for why, if if this isn't yeah. accurate and true, then well, how do I believe the rest of the mm-hmm. Bible? Mm-hmm. And then it becomes you know where you know he says that he he studied a lot of different things. He'll he'll talk about mm-hmm. it, you know, um, uh, Josh McDowell, mm-hmm. you know, stuff, which is all really great mm-hmm. stuff if you're talking about canon and right. and trying to understand that. And uh, but but then he you know. Yeah, I hope it, we'll get into he the, goes the to canon, Bart like, Ehrman, oh, okay. yeah. you know, to refute Josh McDowell's right, stuff, and you're right. going, "That's a reaction." That's like, well, mm-hmm. well, now you take what he says and now test that because 
it's it's not good, mm-hmm. you know. And James White does, I think, mm-hmm. uh, the debate part yeah. Bart Ehrman. Yeah. So look at you know you have to you have to go back and forth. You know, if right. you have a question, you know, don't be like, well, I have a question. This doesn't make sense to me. Thinking from a Christian perspective, oh, this guy, oh, uh, you know, he he doesn't believe that. He's refuting that. Mm-hmm. I'll believe him. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, well, how many, you know, okay, give him a listen, but then weigh, then weigh yeah, that too. Right. Treat that the same way you're treating this. Yeah. You know? Yeah, so, I hope I hope we'll get into, I'm sure you will, some specifics. Maybe. You know, some specific I mean, things. Yeah, that, I'm trying to remember. Okay. Um, yeah, because I've never seen this actually, so it'll be good. I was figuring out which one to watch because there's like a, every year he yeah, would post something yeah. else and I'm like, I don't know which one we're going to do, you know? Sure. So, all right. Good. All right, let's go. Yeah. But basically this was learning that there was all this evidence that kind of pointed pretty clearly to the earth being old and then realizing that there was a really large contingent of Christians who just denied that and didn't believe that. It was alarming. It was alarming for a couple of reasons. I mean, first of all, maintaining that young earth view, it requires sort of dismissing or reinterpreting a lot of evidence that has been gathered, right? and you got this, this sort of this big umbrella of Christianity, and the whole idea is that we've got the truth. The whole point is we have the ultimate truth, right? As Christians, you know, God has revealed the ultimate truth to us. This, this is what I believed. But yet, within that camp, there are these two wildly different perspectives on basically the entire natural world. Just real quick. Mm, yeah. Okay. There's stuff in the Bible that even the Reformation, who was like the Bible inerrancy, right? Yeah. Was like they're not not everything in the Bible is alike clear. It's not all the same amount of clearness. Right. So you have to have what I did for the youth group a couple of years back is the donut with a munchkin in the middle. Okay. In the middle of the donut. What's on the outside? Of the donut. Okay. Age of the Earth is out there. Important, definitely, but it's not the core. Right. section of Christianity. Now, I know what he's trying to say. If you start ripping apart the sure. donut, eventually you get to the middle, right? right. But that's not necessarily the case, right. is it? It's not necessarily. And when you get to what is true in Scripture, Scripture makes clear what is the most important things right. to believe. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, I received from the Lord that which I handed on to you, according to the Scriptures. Christ was dead, buried. We saw him with our own eyes, you know, John says in 1 John. Those are the things. That's the middle. That's the core. And then this stuff on the outside, oh, really smart Christians disagree on it, you know, one way or the other. Yeah, but they don't disagree that Jesus rose from the dead and right. that he died on the cross. Those, that's the center thing. On the outside, we just did two weeks of eschatology. That's like outside, outside. Oh, looks really smart people disagree on it. Right. Yeah, and that's okay. We can disagree on it. Even me and Jamie sometimes can disagree on something like that. That's on the outside called the adiaphora. Even us. The, yes, on the peripheral of the faith. You, you're free to disagree with that. Wrong. It's on the outer side. Yeah. Trying to make a point, and all you can get is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's that's, that's what point. my, my point, point is. Yeah. What's the munchkin? Yes. That's what we need to hold to. Yeah. And the most delicious part, anyway. And that's I was like, t-shirt. something about this munchkin? is What's alarming because this isn't as clean as I thought it was. And that part does not need to be clean. So yeah. I was unsettled. Exactly. But I was still a Christian. I mean, I wasn't, the core of my Christian belief was still very much intact. Still believed that the Bible was completely true, and I believed that there was a pretty easy way to reconcile this old earth view, they call it, with a literal interpretation of 
Genesis in the Bible. Um, and of course, I still knew that evolution wasn't true. Amen. I knew evolution hadn't happened, right? Because I, what I knew is that Adam and Eve had to be real. Um, Adam and Eve had to be real because so much comes from them being real. That's the fall of, uh, that's where the fall happens. Jesus the fall says is the that reason that we real. have original sin. Yeah, that's original sin to. is why we need a savior. It was like, you can't get rid of that story. Plus, Genesis presents all this stuff straight from Adam and Eve and you go through all the generations. Even the Gospel of Luke, the gene genealogy of Jesus features Adam. So this, if you don't believe in Adam and Eve, like wh where do you start believing it, right? So I knew that right. that wasn't, I couldn't let go of that. There was definitely a, there's a pervading thought that I had that evolution is just something you stay away from. And if you don't wanna get into it, don't get into it. Just, just it's a, it's a problem, so don't, and it's, and it's not right, so don't well, worry about don't it. Not even beyond that. No, you can look into it. I yeah. thought evolution just didn't make sense on its face. Amen. It seemed completely illogical. In fact, it seemed desperate. If you did start to think about it. It seemed like, it's so, so non-intuitive, it was so non-intuitive to me at the time that it just felt like a desperate attempt for someone who didn't believe in God to try to explain the wonderful creation that we had. You gotta have something. Well, if God didn't Spot do on. it, you gotta come up I with some rant. You gotta come up with something. <laughs> and evolution was the best thing that they had to offer. And that was it for me. And of course, I had read all the books. I'm scared because I uh, agree with exactly what he's saying, but I know he doesn't end up there. <laughs> and I would argue with people and convince people who believed in evolution that evolution didn't happen. I loved doing that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I can make people doubt that pretty easily. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Of course, it's so clear. I never looked at the evidence. That you can make people doubt it very I, I easily. I had read books about it written by people who didn't believe in it. That's what I had done, and I could roll those arguments out with the best of them. Then in 2006, I read a book called The Language of God by Francis Collins. Oh, this guy. Now, Francis Collins is yeah, currently the head of the yep. National Institutes of Health. Christian geneticist. Uh, he's a geneticist who headed up the Human Genome Project when they mapped the human genome there at the end of the 90s. Uh, the subtitle DNA? of the book is human A Scientist mm -hmm. Presents Evidence for Belief. This is the kind of thing that I lived for. I loved it when someone who was a, a scientific mind, who was respected by the world, would come out and basically do this. Make it reasonable to be a Christian. To show you that your faith was reasonable and smart people believe this, I ate this stuff up. Interesting. So I got into this book. It seems necessary validation from outside yeah. stuff. Well, yeah, it's also interesting that he's talking about make it reasonable to be a Christian when he means make it reasonable to believe in the science, mm -hmm. which in my opinion is, again, mutually exclusive from Christianity. Oh, yeah. I know that there are some facets that they sure. you know, intersect, but for the most part, um, you can believe in an old earth and believe in Jesus still, you know, so it was just interesting that he brought it up like to be a Christian, but mm -hmm. he's not talking about being a Christian. He's talking about science sure. and he's still in that field, you know, which the supernatural kind of supersedes science in that sense too. So if you're going like make, you know, make resurrection from the dead, make that make sense from a rational or mm -hmm. a 
um, physical, material point of view. True. It's like, no, you, that's the whole reason that it's supernatural. But that doesn't mean that didn't happen. Right. Just because we, if we, even if we can't explain it, you know, exactly how it happened. You know, well, he, God and, making something out of nothing. And what he's going to get know. into with Francis Collins, he's going to be talking about chromosomes and how we're related to um, pr- other primates, monkeys and things mm-hmm. like that. And he's using that as an argument for for evolution. Um, now, Francis Darwinian, Collins, Darwinian, Darwinian evolution, evolution yeah, is arguing for that. Now, as a Christian. As a Christian. You know, and that's theistic evolution. The, so he's not in the same camp that he would be in now then? Because he's right. still a Christian, this guy. As, well, as far as I know, okay. I mean, Francis Collins has, has really kind of gone off quite a bit, okay. you know, when it comes to using a, aborted embryos, like, okay. for scientific okay. research, you know, and so not There's just, definitely some um, inconsistencies <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, so, so it's a little bit of an issue. But for our talk today... He would still believe in the core tenets of Christianity, would, as far as yes, you can tell. As far okay. as as far as I know, yeah. Okay. And uh, but the so the theistic evolution thing, you still have to come to like, well, when when like when was man created in God's image? Like, at what point was that? Yeah, you know, um, right. Yeah, that, right. That, that that becomes an issue. Right. And then also, you know, um, well, where Rhett's gonna go? with this um, spoiler alert yeah a little spoiler alert and that um it's like you you can buy into the the idea that that there is these um the genetic transformation throughout time Mm -hmm. but you can't come to a place where nothing can create itself Mm -hmm. so you if you're truly honest you you have to get to the beginning of that yeah. and go what put the information yeah. in this in the dna yeah. where did life come from right. and there is no answer for that right outside of a transcendent being right. who creates it you know artificial, so um artificial intelligent design yeah intelligent yeah. design you know so it, like if you're honest that's where you go yeah. you know um if you want to deny the existence of God, then you just don't deal with that. You know, like yeah. Richard Dawkins, when he was interviewed by um, uh, ben, Stein. ben Stein, yes, it Love was wonderful. Um, but uh, he was interviewed by him and, and Ben Stein was asking him just that simple question. Well, where did life yeah. like originate from? You know, you, you believe that this happened, but where did it come from? Mm-hmm. He's like, well, it came on the back of crystals mm-hmm. from outer space. He's like, yeah, but where did that come right, from? Right. Yeah, and, and he just, Dawkins had no answer. Yeah. So he just got angry yeah. because he's like, I already told you. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. well, you really didn't tell me. Right, right. You know, because you you're just, not giving me a beginning. You just put the line in the sand one step back. <laughs> but <laughs> And so you really have to deal with that. Yeah. You know, where did life come from? Right. Yeah. And the smartest minds you know, um, Stephen Hawking mm-hmm. tried to make a case for for existence without from nothing, which is is asinine on its face. Yeah. You know, like nothing really means nothing. Yeah. The problem with nothing, the word nothing, right. is that you see something when you say nothing. <laughs> it's more nothing than the word <laughs> it's, nothing. It's yeah. absolute nothing. Yeah. Like there's nothing. Right. 
yeah. you know, where does that come from? That's what, when, when Dawkins <clears throat> in one interview with somebody and he said, um, uh, like, yeah, I, I do believe that that something came from nothing. And yeah. then everybody starts everybody laughing. Laughs, and he's like, yeah. why are you laughing? <laughs> it's like, well, because it's ridiculous, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, and that is one of those things where, where it's like, I understand all the questions. I understand the, you know, the, the, the arguments for even the theistic evolution. Sure. But the theistic evolution still has a belief in God because there still had to be something that at least right, started exactly. the process that can explain that. And if you don't want to say, oh, yeah, well, it's just God because we can't really understand him or something like that. It at least had to be something somewhere because sure. we're here. And if you're saying that at some point nothing was here, then something had to start that process. Right. You know, um, that's just being rational and logical. That's being logical, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, but we'll see where he goes. Dove right in. I'm going to get a drink, too. Now, pretty early in the book... Mine's empty. Collins starts mm. talking about the undeniable evidence for evolution. Evidence that humans evolved from a common ancestor with apes. Dude, that's uh, pretty like, nuanced what, hold, in evolution. Hold, hold, hold up, y'all. What? Because that's a, a Christian? That's a big like, word, what? evolution, too. There's more I than one that's kind not of true. evolution, you know. <coughs> and of course, because he's a geneticist, he's he's focusing on DNA and uh, sort of the you know the molecular evidence for this. So, one thing that he talked about was sort of earth shaking to me. Um, All right, here we go. This and this is going to get technical. So, oh, please hold on. Yeah. Chromosome um, alleles. And that is this idea that the second chromosome in people is a fused chromosome. So the second chromosome is fused. According to evolutionary theory, we're closely related to great apes and mostly closely and most closely related to the chimpanzee. Now all great apes have twenty-four pairs of chromosomes, right? But we, if you've ever been to twenty-three and me, you know this, we have twenty-three pairs of chromosomes. Get out of here. Now, chromosome fusion, where literally like a pair of chromosomes fuses directly on top of another pair of chromosomes is not totally uncommon. It happens at about one in 1,000 births, right? Um, it can result in some issues sometimes, uh, but it's not always the case. So if apes and humans are closely related like evolution suggests, then it seems that a common ancestor to both humans and apes had his or her chromosomes fused together okay so all right do we see this in the dna like what do we see in the dna well in humans the second chromosome appears to be a fusion of two great ape chromosomes first there are two sections of chromosome two that correspond directly to two separate chromosomes in apes let me give an analogy if, <laughs> if, if you're having trouble following this dna is basically an instruction manual on how to build something how to build an organism right so let's just simplify this and just say that uh, this book is 24 pages long. And let's say on page two are the instructions on how to make a hand. And on page three are the instructions on how to make a foot. And so that's what you see when you look at a chimpanzee. But then when you look at a human, you see that it goes from page two to page four, and there is no page three. But then you look closely at page two and realize that it's page two and page three glued on top of each other, and you see the instructions for the hand and the instructions for the foot on this long page two. 
Does that make sense? Yeah. That's a simple explanation or a simple analogy for kind of understanding this. This is why our feet and hands are stuck together. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and apes are not. Again, this is a grossly simple, simplified analogy, but it does help to understand it. Um, now, but furthermore, there are these things called telomeres at the end of uh, chromosomes, which basically are these like redundant material that basically protects the DNA structure, right? And so you would, so think of it like you've got a header and a footer on a page, right? So there's always a header and there's always a footer on a page. And if you were to take two pages and glue them together, in the middle of those two pages, there would be a header and a footer glued together, right? If you take two pages and you glue them on top of each other, like a really long page, yeah. a header and footer would be touching each other. Well, we see two telomeres, two vestigial telomeres directly on top of each other in the middle of the second chromosome, right? So all the evidence Get is pointing to these things being placed. <laughs> now, this reason this rocked my world so much is because I was familiar with the argument that you know, almost 99% of our DNA is the same as chimpanzees. I, I, everybody knows that because it's, the human genome has been mapped. It's actually not. But the, uh, okay. you know, the creationist that's, answer that's a misnomer, to that is, well, yeah, yeah I mean, God is making... It's overspoken. Using, like, it's overstated. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. Yeah, the, the, the... You have to define that. You know, what mm -hmm. does that really mean? You know, and, and uh, it doesn't, it, when it, you really look into it, yeah. it is, the difference between us and chimps is incredibly significant. It's not like we, we think 99%, like yeah, yeah, oh, we think we're just it's like, hold same. on a minute. We need to look into what that 99% means, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, and it's, it's just gr grossly overstated. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. I was gonna say he's, he's going through that that whole thing, and regardless of the science that goes into that or whatever, I'm not discounting that. But as he was recounting what the guy was speaking about, it yeah. this was supposed to be undeniable proof, sure. like for sure. evolution. Which it, it isn't, but yeah, okay. And then he started with, and it, it seems like, and then goes from there. And I'm like, that's not undeniable. Then <laughs> this, this is making inferences, it's making plausibilities, sure, sure. But it is not like an undeniable, like an undeniable yeah. proof would be like a lot of um fossils that show the ape to man fusing sure like or not even just fossils or like living beings or something that is evidence of that that fusing together of the two species and like the guy who we watched in the truth project a couple of years back who's not even a christian but he's like we're not just looking for like one missing link there would be thousands or millions of these fossils links not missing everywhere links yeah Nice. Uh, there would be this would be so obvious if it was true that humans did come from apes. We wouldn't have to be looking for these like missing link kind sure. of a things. It's like it's like oh Lucy, you know, like the Lucy the ape sure. skull or whatever. It's like even if that is whatever, that's one one thing. Like you're, you're talking about a species going from one to another. You need a whole bunch more evidence to sure. make something obvious. And. If there if there's not that then then it's not obvious. Sure. At the very least, you can say, well, it seems this way, or it's it makes sense, or it's plausible, but irrefutable. Irrefutable is, is a right big word, word and I don't think that it's bearing the weight that he's putting yeah. on it. Well, it's a it's like it's like saying, well, because this looks like this, well, obviously they're related. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's like, well, no, it's not obvious. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. um, it could be, but, yeah. you, you know, so yeah. that's the stuff that, yeah, it's a little frustrating when, yeah. when science makes those inferences. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, ready? It's instruction manual, and you're going to see that, yeah, it's kind of the same, and then it's sort of different in some and key ways. Like, God, that's God's prerogative. Why can't they do that? But that doesn't seem like an adequate explanation to why it definitely feels like and looks like and seems to be very conclusive that we actually have the same chromosomes and they've been fused. That doesn't seem like consistent with the idea that this is just God's prerogative. But that wasn't the only thing. I was so interested in this particular thing, DNA evidence because I'd heard about the fossils and all that stuff, but... This DNA stuff just seemed, this is like how we decide court cases, right? I and mean, this, is, this, mm-hmm. this is how we convict people. This is how we can find out if somebody actually committed a crime. This is definitive stuff. Okay. And then I learned about retroviruses. So essentially there are certain RNA viruses that when you become infected with them, they actually insert a copy of themselves into your DNA. So you can look at your DNA and you can be like, oh, you got that virus at that time. And then occasionally, these viruses, or this sort of retrovirus inside your DNA will be passed down to your children. And that's, that means it's endogenous, it's in your genes. Well, we actually see that we share these endogenous retroviruses with the organisms that we are closely related to. And the more closely related you are to them, the more retroviruses you have in common. Now, let me, let me again, to, to take this this manual, this instruction manual analogy further. Let's say you look at page 19 of a chimpanzee manual and you see, oh, halfway down on page 19, there's a coffee stain, like somebody spilled coffee on the manual. Um, But it looks like a copy of a coffee stain, like somebody, there was an original and there was a coffee stain and this seems like a copy of that, like somebody ran it through a Xerox machine. And then you look at a human Uh, instruction manual and on page 19 you see uh, the same exact copy of the same exact coffee stain in the same exact place (coughs) why would god do that you're thinking and so then you think well it seems to me that the most logical conclusion is that these are these two manuals come from a common manual that there's an ancient common ancestor that is the ancestor to both humans and great apes What's kind of interesting is I think all um, believers who don't believe in molecules to man evolution still believe in a type of evolution. Sure. Not macro evolution, but what's called micro evolution, which is where species and kinds change within their own kind to right. other within species the, over their time. Genetic within their allowance. But the problem comes with, which I think is pretty persuasive. The problem comes when you're talking about, he's talking essentially about how that other information can get into creating like a new species, not just a new, within the same kind, but a new species. But the problem is that there is only a losing, a loss of information from one kind to another. So that coffee stain is not going to create anything that is more or greater than what it already was and so when you're trying to get from the first living organism to a greater organism than that like something with eyes now which is very very complex well at some point from an evolutionary perspective you had to have something without eyes and then over time it becomes an eye 
but in order to get that information, you have to you have to somehow have more information than what you had before. And no matter what that coffee stain that he's saying would produce, it would only produce less and less information, like the um, Newton's second law of thermodynamics, that things are oh. constantly degrading over time. So, you, so I think that's where the difficulty would come in for me is where does the more the greater information come from to create from apes to a rational thinking human who, who would be on unless he's saying that we're yeah. on the same well, plane the, well as the, the I, like I but, see a couple other issues with it I don't want to stop you if you had no no, no I'm, I'm saying. Um, a coffee stain is a bad analogy because it's not a it's not like a retrovirus retrovirus isn't just a stamp of something a retrovirus virus leaves DNA so just because that just because you know humans have this retrovirus DNA it, it to suggest that just because you know apes have the same retrovirus mm -hmm. DNA to say that well because of that must we're, to a common we're related ancestor. yeah it's a bad argument because it's like well well, couldn't they just infect the apes like they infect mm -hmm. the humans mm -hmm. and leave the same DNA? Almost like how <laughs> like, like animals get sick and it's like like, like humans do, but yeah. it doesn't mean that. Yeah. Now I don't know if enough about retroviruses. I do. I have read a little bit on on how a retro they they believe that um, information can be added to a genetic code through retroviruses and that's what he's talking about so you are adding mm -hmm. information to the to the dna code the problem is the information that you're adding i i would be pretty i would be pretty confident isn't going to be information that is useful to the advancement of right. a species right because it would have to be it would have to be very precise information to make you know sight from blindness kind of thing yeah you know? yeah and 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 even to if you were to break that down i think uh was it david berlinski who i that's who i was talking about it. yeah the mathematician yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, when he was talking he's like in in uh oh that was the truth. I know. Project, I just I mentioned think. that whole thing. I, well, I, I'm You're not sure not if it was the, the truth project or if it was something else okay. I was watching okay. what he was talking about. Well, I just did a, you know, back of the napkin calculator. Right. That was the that truth was project. Truth project. Yeah. And, uh, and it would take like 35,000, you know, um, little changes mm -hmm. for you to get from, you know, uh, a, a creature with lungs to a creature or a creature from gills to lungs or mm -hmm. something like that. He's like, it's just preposterous mathematically. Mm -hmm. It just, it can't happen. And so to suggest that retroviruses are carrying information, yeah. which I don't know if that's what he was saying. I yeah. think he was just using it as an indication that we're related because we have the same yeah. markers, you yeah. know, um, retrovirus markers, because it left certain information. Yeah. Doesn't, it doesn't mean that they, they weren't infected with... Right. Like, we're infected with retroviruses just like they were, kind of thing. Right. You know, Would it be know? like a so, genetic fallacy where it's like, well, look. But I don't know enough. Apes have fingers and humans have fingers, so it must be related <laughs> right. kind of a thing. Right. It's like, that's not how you, 
It's not science. It's not scientific, right? Yeah. When you're trying to discuss DNA <laughs> and things yeah. about yeah. new new systems of information. Sure. That that's not a new system. They're both individual. They're not. Yeah. They don't have to be connected just because they have similar structures. Right. Similarities yeah. do not do, do not necessarily suggest relationship. relationship. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but again, I haven't read his book. Um, I, I probably be a good read. Yeah. But. Uh, uh, I, I, there's a lot of flaws yeah. when it comes to evolution, yeah. you know, and not the least of which is what we were talking about before. The origins. Yeah. Where's it all? It's, al- it's always been an issue. Yeah. So. Even for the most prominent, you know, atheists. Yeah. If anything, you just say, well, we don't know. In which case it's like, and you're saying that we are <laughs> not clear right. enough or not truthful, you know, sure. or anything. You know? Well, evolution is a religion, you know, it is, it's, it's a religion just like, any other religion is that you have to have faith in something. Mm-hmm. You know, you believe that there is something that started all of this and built all of what we see and all of that. And and or if you it, believe it's, that it's it, not scientific, yeah. you can't test it. The problem I have yeah. is that you cannot test it. You know, the longest running test, I have to look it up again. I looked it up probably 10 years ago, was it was a, a E. coli test. That was done by, um, oh, I can't remember his name now, uh, Lem- Lemsky, uh, or Lemke, I think. I think it's Lemsky. Um, and he's a, uh, I believe he's a, a professor, or doctor, um, maybe a geneticist. But he's at a college, and they've been running this, this test, changing environments and things like that for these E. coli bacteria. The E. coli, although there's some really cool changes in it as the environment changes, mm-hmm. it's been adapting to the mm-hmm. environment. It has never gotten beyond its genetic potential of being E. coli. It will, it, it, it and this is, and this is a 30-year, mm-hmm. this is a, now it's probably 40-year, like, mm-hmm. evolutionary, like, right, right. Um, test, you it know, probably, experiment. It was probably, like, a poster child of, like, look at the evolution because yeah. it's adapting. Right. But it's always still E. coli adapting. It, it never gets past the genetic capability right. of E. coli. Yeah. And the so... The domain that it has. Sure. It, it can't have anything else other sure. than that. And if you add retroviruses to that and all that stuff, it it doesn't change that. That is that still going to be E. coli, yeah. Um, as far as I, I know. Yeah. I have to look it up again, but... Um, but I would encourage you to look up that study. Yeah. You know, if you're you're watching, it was uh, I believe his name is Lemsky. Look up Lemsky E. coli experiment, and uh, it's it's fascinating. Um, all of the changes are really right. cool yeah. too. Yeah. But but it's just it's fascinating because they're trying to use it as an argument for yeah. for um, one family. Right. To change to another family right. that that obviously because of these small mutations right. over time well it has yeah. to it must mean that there were big mutations yeah. and it's like that it, that is not science that's an inference that has <laughs> never been shown to be true right and you can't test it unless you test it for like 30 40 years like uh, uh, sure. within the span of one person's lifetime which they've been doing and it has not borne yeah. borne out right that truth at all and, and at the time i mean 10 years ago when i looked at it or whatever it was it was uh they they were equating the the amount of changes in the e coli bacteria um to a million years of human evolution so it was mm-hmm. like well this is how much 
Like right, this right. would be equivalent yes, yeah. to a, a million years of human yeah. evolution. And I'm going, if we look back, you follow the evolutionary uh, timetable, a million years from Homo sapien mm-hmm. is uh, Homo habilis, I think. You know, and, and it, that's a different species altogether. Mm-hmm. So you're like, well, it, it's, it just doesn't fit. It doesn't yeah. work, it, you know. And so it's like you're, they're using well, it's, argument. It's assumption. They're, they're, yes, they're using and based they're, they're on using um, extrapolation. That, that, that's where I was like, rather about. than yeah. rather than and facts. conjecture, yeah. rather than being able to use the scientific method because you can't yeah. use the scientific method. Yeah. It's impossible, you know, and that's the problem. Right. When somebody's like, "Well, it's fact," it's like it's not. Show me, show yeah. me the scientific method. Yeah. Show me how you work this out because you can't. Mm-hmm. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. So it's based on faith, mm-hmm. you know, because these minor changes or well, just must mean big changes. Yeah, yeah. Or it's just like, presumption just and yeah. and theory, yeah. which it's fine yeah, to believe. Fine. But don't tell me that it's obvious. But it's a hypothesis or, yeah. or a hypothesis at that point, you know. Right. And you can right. never get past the hypothesis. Right. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. So that's where I have trouble with the it's obvious or... What did the, the guy say? Not rat, but what he was talking about, the undeniable yeah. proof of evolution, you know? Um, it's just not undeniable. Right. You know, it's it's extrapolation, it's inference. Well and and the problem the problem is is where you, your starting point is in your belief system is what you is where the evidence mm-hmm. um, will lead to. Right. So yeah. if I believe that well, obviously, evolution is true. Mm-hmm. Then all of the things that I see, yeah, I will fit. Everything's coming up evolution. Yeah, yeah. And so, and there are smart people. I mean, people who I really appreciate who are like, evolution's just true, and you know, there is no denying it. And it's like, well, really, there is. You're just the problem is you you've established your foundation mm-hmm. on evolution, so everything that you see. Whatever comes down the line, you attribute to evolution, mm-hmm. right. you know, and you yeah. make it fit. So, yeah. and that that's a problem. Well, and you have to, well, you have to have nuance too. You have to, because otherwise, if you are in that like fundamentalist bubble where it's like young Earth yeah. and it's like no, you're like you're, you know, you can get run over by like really oh, like sure. powerful smart arguments that people will have because there is such a thing as microevolution mm-hmm. like the e coli like the finches right mm-hmm. with darwin's finches right and it's not like that no we can't like that doesn't happen you know kind of a thing it's like it does happen and it's such a str- makes it such a stronger case when you bring up to somebody like a ret or or a link um of like we actually do believe in a type of evolution and so these things that we actually can test over time and we can see the small changes within a species adapting to their environment is true yeah but that doesn't mean that then therefore that it comes from, you know, you don't like the baby with the bathwater kind of a thing, you know. Um, and I would also just say still that person who does believe in theistic evolution, who's who wrote wrote that book with the chromosomes and all that stuff, still believes in the essentials of the right, faith. Right. And so it does not necessitate you continually deconstructing the core tenets of the faith still. Right. And we still haven't gotten to those arguments, obviously. Sure. But this is still a separate issue from the gospel itself you know so i just want to just want to keep that in mind too two small pieces of uh of dna evidence and i'm not going to go into any more details but let me just say that 
the main thing that this did for me is I had been told a lot of things about evolution. I had been told things growing up. And now I was questioning those things because I had been told that there's no, there's no real evidence. This is a desperate attempt to try to come up with some harebrained theory to just explain things. He wasn't told about the and I'm like, but this DNA stuff is pretty freaking conclusive. I, I can't imagine another way to, now I'm not saying there aren't explanations for this. I'm not saying you can't go to a creationist website and find that they, it's not like they don't know about this. Yeah. They have an answer. I've read the answer. I find the answer to not be compelling mm -hmm. in the least. But let me just say, um, this made me just question like all this stuff, you've been told all this stuff like- Yeah, put a I bug in his ear. There were no transitional fossils. There were no transitional forms. There's no transitional between this animal and this animal. Define it. Right. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of very convincing ones. Uh, I've been told that there were really no vestigial structures, that there's nothing on your body or an animal's body that's like a sign of something that's no that's longer. That's actually being like used. a silly. There's yeah. always a use for it. Even I know <laughs> that there are vestigial structures. Out, there's on lots that. of examples of vestigial structures. In fact, there's many structures that there's no other way to properly understand them other than them being vestigial, meaning that they're from the past, they're no longer in use. Essentially, every criticism of evolution that I had held on to to justify my unwillingness to believe in it turned out to, to be like, a stop and explain everything, right? Of the facts. Um, and so, after reading a bunch of books, we'll never get talking done. to a lot of people, I want to get to the gospel listen, stuff. I didn't want to believe this. I had spent my whole life not believing <laughs> like, this. You're not gonna have to wait to believe this. But I kind of was just faced with this that. Evolution was by far the best explanation for what we what we actually see in the real world. If you're interested in any further reading on this, uh, there's a really good wiki entry called Chromosome Two, which breaks this down with resources. It's very well referenced, and there's a wiki entry called. It went from uh, undeniable and sense. facts to um, the best possible explanation. This, and I'm going to make some more That's not the same thing. But let me just say, um, I didn't want to believe this. It was incredibly problematic, and there were plenty of Christians who I, very smart Christians, smarter than me, who didn't believe in it, who I could have just, I could have stayed in that camp. That's a classic, I didn't want to believe but this. I just, in my heart, I didn't feel like it, I felt like I had to follow the truth. I thought that my tr the truth had to be more important than my commitment to my beliefs. It had to be more important than my ideology. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I want to say that about, there's these the plenty of Christian is, apologists and Christian, uh, more know, Christian more people. sure than it just seems like a possible explanation kind of a thing. Deny you know? evolution. I don't think that they're being deliberately deceptive. I want to be clear about that. I, I don't think these people are sitting around there like, oh, we see these yeah. facts and we're going to misrepresent them because <laughs> we, we're going to lie about this. I, I think that they're good people. But I think that they're so committed to their belief system that they have become impervious to pretty straightforward information about mm. the subject. Um, but the thing that that did for me or is they I had placed a lot evidence. of faith, or, you know? yeah. not just in God, but in these people who helped me understand why I believed mm. what I believed from an intellectual standpoint, right? I had a very real emotional, personal, spiritual relationship with God mm. that I was practicing. Mm. But there was this intellectual foundation that I would, whenever I had a doubt, I would kind of retreat to this intellectual foundation. And all of a sudden, those people I've been trusting in, I began to doubt it that I had shown that truth much. About <laughs> other things, right? I have a relationship so, with somebody who doesn't exist. Yes, I really have. We had a conversations I all the time. One. But I guess my question is, 
when you came to grips with evolution, was it just, okay, now I'm going to incorporate that into my go. faith? Exactly. You know, because, it was. Because I know there's people thinking, well, you can, you can understand and accept the process of evolution and still have faith. I mean. Well, yeah. So, exactly. You're not an atheist all of a sudden, right? I was, I was very unsettled, but then I was like, well, hold up. I mean, Francis Collins, the whole point of the book yeah. is that he believes in God mm -hmm. because of what he's seen in the DNA. And he's a Christian. He's an evangelical Christian. And he believes in evolution. He presented it as that was God's creative process was involved evolution. this stuff. Yeah. Which is more Not rational than the you know, one of the something most respected from nothing. and mm -hmm. revered philosophical Christian minds of all time. C. S. Lewis was a you know was a theistic evolutionist. You and have so to, I, you have to. I mean People, uh, I, I get, um, oh my goodness. People will accuse Lewis for some reason, but like just people from the past yeah. just accuse them of the most crazy things. Yeah. And that Lewis was very nuanced and he went back and forth on a couple of issues, sure. you know. I remember somebody was telling me C.S. Lewis didn't believe in hell, like in a literal hell, because of the last battle. When you have, <laughs> I'm like in the fictional yeah. story that he's writing, or yeah. that um somebody who was serving Tash the false god, but Aslan yes. lets him into heaven. Yeah. So it's like, see, people who are worshiping Allah, God can still let into heaven, sure. kind of thing. That's what Lewis believed, you know. And it's like, that does not mean that that's what Lewis <laughs> believed. That means he was writing a fictional story, yeah. and he wanted to put that in it. Yeah. Um. Same thing with like the atonement with the stone table and stuff like that. Sure. He believed that. It's like, why don't you go to his other theological writings, not a fantasy story? Right. A, B, why don't you go to like the Bible or something that's actually theological in nature when you're talking about your theology instead of going to a person who, yes, many Christians do look up to him as a spiritual leader, but in no way do we put him on that pedestal sure. to be like... Um, and, and the information that oh, Lewis yeah, yeah. had at the time in the he didn't, 40s. He didn't believe in hell and he <laughs> believed in evolution. Who it's knew like this? The, the, the stuff that was being taught at that time, like there, there wasn't... There wasn't a lot there on when it came to creation science or right, to right. intelligent design. Right, there was, right. you know, I guarantee you, he believed that God created was, the world. Yes, exactly. God created it, and then he might have been like, "Well, that's an interesting point of view." If we're talking about our you side know, and Rhett like, and Link's side right now, C.S. Lewis is on our side. Yeah, you talk. better believe it. Um, and I was reading C.S. Lewis on hell because it's like sure. he has a thing. Because I'm like, wait, C.S. Lewis didn't believe in hell because somebody was saying that. I'm like, let me read about it. And his whole thing is like, man, I wish hell was not real yeah. because I know a lot of people who are going to be there, but I cannot deny the truth that the Bible speaks of. And the truth is the truth, whether I want to believe it or not. Yeah. And so that's why I do everything I can to keep people out of hell. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what Lewis actually is saying I believe about hell. Don't go to Narnia and tell me what he believed, you know? Right. So That's the only book they've ever read. Right, exactly. Source. That's exactly. the problem. So, I mean, check your sources and please leave a comment if you can find something that says Lewis believed in evolution like Rhett sure. believes sure. in evolution or even theistic evolution. I would be more than happy to be to, to read that, but I highly doubt that that is the case. Sure. So, uh. He believed animals could talk, Joel. <laughs> Obviously. Thank you. <laughs> you believed satyrs. in witches and, yeah, and fawns. Ay, ay, ay. The children's... You mean the children's author? <laughs> <laughs> Knew I was in good company. 
and the bus <laughs> takes you to heaven. This doesn't mean I'm not a Christian. This just means that I'm a little disappointed <laughs> like in the way that this subject has been misrepresented by so many Christians. By that much. But again, my goal was let's get let's let's stick with the truth. All all truth is God's truth. I'm not going to be scared of the truth. God's in control. He's the one who's established this entire universe. I shouldn't be afraid to poke and pry to any of this stuff, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. That's so that was when I kind of got process. into this world um, oh, no. of theistic evolutionists, oh. Christians. Uh, there was a good book that I read uh, called Coming to Peace with Science, Bridging the Worlds of Faith and Biology. A guy who believes in evolution but is a Christian. That was a helpful book for me. And then I got really involved, uh, or re I wasn't involved, but I spent a lot of time uh, at the website BioLogos. Mm. Uh, which Classic. is essentially a I've group of, of Christian scientists, and there's a bunch of articles there. It's still active. I haven't been there in a long time, but I checked recently. It's still there. It's still doing a lot of things. Stephen Meyer, you know, yeah. um, David Berlinski, Michael mm -hmm. Behe, you know, those guys from the uh, from the the intelligent design camp. Right. You know, would they would have been? It would have been good for him to look at gotcha. that also and say. Right. Wow, that's you know. There's a lot of things here that are actually yeah. answering that, right, right, and asking questions that yeah. aren't being asked in the other areas, yeah. and uh, and coming from, you know, a place where they're they're not putting their like Dave Berlinski. He's a, he's not a Christian, you know. He's right, just like right. he's just like he's as a, a mathematician. Right. Oh yeah. Evolution's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like yeah, he's that, just coming that kind from, of evolution. You know where and then Michael Behe, who's presenting some other, um, you know, other points of view when it comes to uh, irreducible complexity. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, and just just throwing, you know, just looking at things at all different, all the sides. Sure. Yeah. And for and and the problem, one of the issues with the with this evolutionist uh, mindset is that they're not willing to look at anything else like they call this um this uh, intelligent design institute like pseudoscience mm, mm -hmm. it's like no this is actually what science is supposed to be mm -hmm. it's like you didn't figure everything out mm -hmm. and if you have if you think you have then you're not a scientist mm -hmm. you know a true scientist believes that there's always this could change right. i may not have all right. the answers right. So you should be able to look at them and say, follow, well, those are interesting. Follow the science, view. right? Yeah, let's let's <laughs> test it out. Let's yeah. sit down together. Let's work this out. Yeah. But it shows the bias. It shows that if anybody disagrees with that religion, mm -hmm. then they're wrong. Mm -hmm. It's the it's the same thing. As it's a religion. That's mm -hmm. what it is. You know. And, and so and I'm thankful that Rhett doesn't seem to have any like ill will towards right. like believers or stuff like that. But um, I do think the camp that he was in, in the evangelical like situation that he was in, um, I don't know if it had quite the depth that is necessary to fill the nuances that he's looking for mm -hmm. in the science and stuff. I think someone like Hugh Ross probably sure. would have at least like more of a nuance like that. But even the people that you're talking about, because if it, I know a lot of people who myself included actually, that when I hear somebody who's like that fundamentalist camp of just like, you know, this is what it is, we can't go, you know, it's like, I that doesn't even appeal to me anymore because it's not willing to look at all of the other sides. Right. Um, and 
uh, that's what we always try to do is that's why we're doing stuff like this too like to to understand where people are coming from i'm thinking of the verse that says you know the the man who speaks first thinks that he's right until mm-hmm. somebody comes and cross examines him or or oh, is right. able to sure. challenge that and I, so i think he's in that first camp i thought i was right until somebody came and cross examined it which is now he's thinking that that's the evolutionary side problem is i think he needed the next step up of the yeah. first camp that is able to equally challenge that and then um, it might because I think we've all been on kind of rabbit trails, even like YouTube rabbit trails you sure. get on where you're just like, how did I get here yeah, to yeah. this? Like, and now I'm into like ancient scrolls of, you know, whatever. <laughs> and you can start kind of believe, like going on that train of thought and then being like, oh no, like is everything I believed was a lie kind of a thing. It's like, just take a step back and understand that our minds are crazy things and they will tend to go keep going one way unless there's something else to kind of halt that but yeah but just to be like open to to seeing both sides so i know i said that i think that i think that's true yeah yeah for me and then i got really involved uh or really i wasn't involved but i spent a lot of time uh at the website biologos Oh, sorry. Uh, which is essentially a group of Christian scientists, and there's a bunch of articles. Whoa, there. whoa, Christian science now? A long time, but I checked recently. It's still there. <laughs> when you realize you are the thing. cult. <laughs> um, but things get pretty complicated at this point. Like, once I started looking into this, uh, so I'm going to give you the short version, if you can believe that, that this is the short version. Um, but basically, what you run into is that there's sort of two camps within people who sort of accept evolution. One camp believes that Adam and Eve are still real, uh, and that they are either a special okay. creation or they're sort of the result of the process, okay. but they're actually real historical people because they need to be real and historical in order for the fall and then the gospel. No, because they sense. are real historical people, Gotta be not honest, because they need to be. You know? I did not find all of those arguments felt really tenuous and just felt like you guys are you know that you have to have you have to have Adam and Eve and so you're sort of inserting them in in a way that isn't they're not really fitting as a little you know square peg round hole situation I remember uh, the, the the Tim Keller book Reason for God I yeah. remember discussing that at that time and that being as I remember it his Southern position. Baptist. yeah and this is problematic though because I didn't it basically I was like I just don't think there's a way that Adam and Eve were real as presented in the Bible but like I said earlier you know they're presented in the uh, genealogy of Jesus in the book of Luke so I what what, what's the deal (laughs) y'all you know I'm saying this this was this was problem I just don't like the language of because they needed them to be real and stuff Um, that's not the point of it the point is that not only does the Bible say it's real and Jesus say that they're real but um, that the people who are on that side believe that they were real. Not that they just kind of have to be, but I know that doesn't really make sense kind of mm-hmm. thing. Maybe he's talking about the theistic evolutionists because it doesn't make sense in their worldview right. for them to be real. I could see that, but just talking from a you know conservative uh, Christian perspective, I don't like that kind of language it, it, because it, makes, it seems like there's an ulterior motive to it. You know? well, oh, we, sure. we just need sure. that to be, you know. Like no, Let's we actually force that in. we actually believe that they were real, for many reasons, but not the least of which that Jesus well, who you know. Jesus said that they were real. You know, well, give me, you know, give me a reason that they're not. Real. Yeah, yeah, you know. So maybe you will. This is a problem, um, but what this did again, I just felt like this 
doubt was kind of creeping beyond the point of creation and it was creeping into the Old Testament itself because that's the way the story goes. You got Adam and Eve and then you Paging got a story Andy that Stanley. with them and moves <laughs> all the way down to Abraham and Moses and then David. You know, you, you got, it, it's all part of a, a system. By a whole testament. <laughs> so again, I had been told, there was something I had been told about the Old Testament and that was, that the Old Testament is always supported right. by archaeological evidence. And the other person, I'd heard that from so many Christians. It's like you know, sometimes they 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 see something in the Bible and they're like, well, there's no evidence for that. And then they dig a little bit deeper and they're like, oh, we found the evidence. Or they find basically the idea that the Bible is always vindicated because the Bible is completely true and everything that it touches upon. But when I really looked into it, I started realizing that that's not true. That's not really the case. Um, Do you just, just a few things, touching yeah, on some sure. quick things. Why is there no Egyptian historical re record of the Israelites' captivity? Yeah, it's two million people. You can't they argue kept great records. a negative. Why, are they not, why, why is there no record of Like it's an argument from silence? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, how about you argue the things that they have found to, that have proven mm -hmm. the veracity of the mm -hmm. Scripture rather than the things that you think are important? That well, I mean, they didn't find this, so therefore, yeah, all the things that they did find that show that the right, scripture's right. accurate. Well, they don't mean anything. Yeah, it's like a silly, it's a silly argument. Mm -hmm. But yeah. well, I feel like a lot of things in history that people believe that would have the same issue of mm -hmm. like, well, we don't oh, have absolutely. evidence for who built the pyramids, absolutely. right, or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, well, um, but we have evidence of pyramids, I guess. It's it, it really is uh, it's a bad argument. Yeah. Why is there no archaeological evidence of the Exodus? Basically, this massive group of people wandering in the wilderness for forty years. They've looked for hundred uh, over a hundred years. They've looked no evidence. I think there has been evidence actually. Yeah. Well, what evidence are you looking for? Yeah. Too? They had temporary shelters. They. <laughs> I think there's <laughs> there's evidence of um, ancient uh, chariot wheels like degrading in the. The, the Red Sea. I think they found that they found. I watched a video a little while ago on it. None of that like needs to be like, right. you know, it's not like that's what our faith is in, right. but it's like, if you're looking for evidence, like that wasn't like, oh, I need there to be this evidence kind sure. of a thing. But uh, if there, if you do need that, then go search for it. I'm pretty sure it's there, yeah. you know, for the very things that he's talking about, yeah. you know? Yeah. Where are you looking for this evidence? Right. Um, why does the modern archeological evidence call Joshua's conquest of Canaan into question. Why is there good reason to believe that the Israelites arose not out of conquest or force, but by simply branching off of the Canaanites? And those are just a few things, but there were some pretty major events that all of a sudden, I was like, no, we, this isn't well supported. This isn't, this isn't outside of the Bible. These things are not well supported. I was, even further troubled, right? And so I'm, I'm, I'm losing my faith in the Old Testament, but I'm... Another problem is I'm almost positive he's not like reading scripture and coming to those conclusions. Yeah. He's reading other people sure. who are bringing up these things. And then he's like, oh, well, yeah, where are those? I don't know where all of the evidence is. So then, you know, but well, it's like, uh, I how think, much did you look for yeah. it, you know? Well, I think his, his, he, his trajectory is already established. Yeah. And so everything is feeding into that. Right. Like we were. That's what I was saying. The, like the YouTube yeah. train of thought. Yeah. You know. So just it's keep going, just going down that that rabbit just hole. Just keep going. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Unfortunately. <laughs> just the wrong direction. Right. Yeah. 
also losing my faith in those same Christian thinkers who have said all this stuff that like, guys, you, you, this is solid as a rock. You can stake your entire life on these truths. And they're- You can stake your entire life on evidence of, you know, the Israelites in Egypt. That's not, hopefully that's not what you were taught because <laughs> I didn't, I haven't even seen that yeah. ever and I still have faith in it or in faith in, um, in Christianity. Sure. So that's definitely not well, where our faith lies. Well, what about all the, I mean, writings have value too. No? Right. You know. Right. Like. Yeah. Yeah. A, and also, uh, like, how many other things in history do we believe because of writings sure. of them, without the evidence for them? Exactly. In in, yeah. in history, like Atlantis. Yeah. <laughs> the Titanic. <laughs> oh, those poor. No, no, no. Always be vindicated. So I was, I was in crisis at this point, but. Here's, but here's what I said. I said, does this Old Testament stuff really matter? Like, is this really what this is all about? Paging uh, Andy Stanley. Isn't, <laughs> isn't the important thing Jesus, right? If, if this is about a relationship with Jesus, does this Old Testament stuff, first of all. Andy okay, Stanley. No, no, that, this, that is, that, this is no, why Andy Stanley is doing what he's doing. So, but you can't really make an argument questions. from. Isn't the important thing Jesus? Right. Amen. If, if this is about a relationship with Jesus, does this Old Testament stuff? Boy, first of all, okay, lot, maybe huh? there's no archaeological evidence for this stuff. Maybe there's no historical evidence of. It's my personal but you can't statement. really make. See, it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't want to keep stopping it. The relationship with Jesus obviously important, but that to me screams of the summer camp Christian mm-hmm. Southern Baptist come up and to and and invite Jesus into your heart, kind of a relationship kind yeah. of thing. And then you can go and talk with him kind of a thing. And that's, I don't think that that is the depth of the relationship that the Bible speaks about with, oh, with, the, you, with you and Jesus. A. B. When we say it's not a religion, it's a relationship thing. That's not true at all. It's a, it's a religion and it's a relationship. And a, and a religion should be based on something that is factual or something that can be tested. And so whether or not you have even a relationship with Jesus... The, his, the history, I think the history bears out the story of Jesus and the crucifixion. Even Bart Ehrman believes that there was a man named Jesus who was crucified. Yeah. So the, there is reliability to the story of Jesus, which I think does need to be separated from the relationship with Jesus as a alive being right now. Right. They can be separated. Um but just that I have a relationship with Jesus. It screams of yeah. like mushy gushy, like wait, and sure. it's not really where our faith, our faith, yes, in the relationship, of course, but also in this actually happened. Right. You know. Right. Argument from nothing. It's like just the, the 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 absence of evidence is not necessarily an argument against something. So these things could have happened. We just haven't found them. We haven't found them yet. Mm-hmm. But we can still have faith and believe them. And plus. Like I said, isn't this just about Jesus? Now, let me be clear. I was still living in North Carolina at the time. I was still leading a small group Bible study at my church that I had been leading for many years. Um, And I still considered myself myself a Christian. And I was slowly letting people that I loved, including my wife, in on some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. And every time I would bring up a piece of it, she would just start crying. Mm-hmm. And just superimpose that on last week's conversation in terms of timing from graduation to being an engineer 
to being on staff with crew. So the so where I'm at right now with this whole like losing J losing crew. faith in the Old Testament and the archaeological evidence, we're probably talking about like oh nine ten at that point. So right as we're kind of wrapping up, um, so we so this is we, we had left staff by this point, um, but the early stuff about evolution that was oh six right? right. So that was the year that we that was the year that we left staff. Um, and then the few years before that, I was where I kind of spent most of my time just thinking about like the old Earth, young Earth stuff. I've spent a few years. Wonder why he's in, in interested like in the timing in of his. Maybe it's because he's his friend again. Mm -hmm. So at least not not being on staff, there is a little bit of a pressure release to well, yeah to be able to at least start to broach these conversations when you're with in, Jesse. Yeah, when you're in full time ministry, you have absolutely no impetus. To actually explore these things because it's, that's your well-being, that's your livelihood. Why, why, why are you going to threaten that? You, it, you don't want to consider these things because you don't want to be like, if I actually consider this, am I going to end up having to not be a preacher anymore? Mm -hmm. Am I going to have to drop I've out? Heard of that one a lot too. Am I going to stop being a missionary? <laughs> yeah, I don't or, know. Or for I don't us, think and, like and you set aside so much stuff for that. It know? was your full-time <clears> job. I'm like, let's and go. It was, in. Yeah, I, as we've talked yeah. about, we were so fully engaged and committed to. Working within those parameters to to pursue our dreams, even not fully understanding that that's what we were doing. Yeah, we had left staff. We we're making it on our own. You're still very much involved in in the church. You're you're you know, you're, you're teaching people. Um, you're having these conversations. What do you think about him being in church and in leadership with these kind of doubts and stuff? Well, we, we tend to bring people into leadership at the slightest whim because they seem to be like awake and alive yeah. <laughs> and it's with a, a mouth that's moving. Yeah. So it's like, oh, you want to serve? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Perfect. But, but <clears throat> it does seem like maybe there's like a grounding yeah. issue um, with his faith where the questions I think are okay to ask, but I feel like what he did was have these really deep questions and then back off of being in ministry and not confronting the people that a leader should confront and instead kind of working it over in his own mind. Or maybe a lack of accountability, you know, lack of structure that would, yeah. you know, would work well for, for kind of dealing with those, th those kind right. of questions. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's it's weird to, because I think he's just going home and then having these questions, but not like dealing with them with people who could answer sure. them for him. You know, yeah. If you're just up in your own mind, like you'll believe anything in like a week. Yeah. Like I know for myself, like that, you get on these yeah, like Bigfoot, yeah, alien, ghosts, the whole thing. Let's yeah. go, man. Conversations <laughs> with Jesse, and she's. You get into a little bit of it, and she breaks down every time. This was this was traumatic for her. Every time I, I would bring it up, and of course, I would wait until I, it had become unbearable for me, and then I would bring it up to her because I was I, I'm trying to respect her, and it's like we're raising these kids, and I know how important this stuff is for her. You know, if he's divorced now, right? and she was very educated so. in all this too. You know, good for them. If we would argue about the young Earth thing when we when we were dating in college. Yeah, see. Because that was her perspective, her background, and uh, it was not easy for our marriage. 
And, and yeah, because you you don't want to bring it up early because it's it's it it's a pass. tough thing to it may pass. <laughs> it's a tough thing to bring up. So it sounds like you start to bring it up when you like you said it's, you can't when you I got not bring it up and then it's almost in a you've reached a conclusion about something yeah. and then you're spilling your guts to her and expecting her to it's, it she's late to the process yeah which is actually even more difficult yeah um, and you you mentioned that thing about like I, I, the the concern was with truth and I listen I don't know where this comes from it, this is my disposition uh, my dad was a lawyer and is a law professor. I, I, he's, you know, he's got a very specific way of kind of getting to the bottom of things. And uh, I think, so it's kind of in my DNA to be concerned about truth, but I think ultimately the, it was like, again, back to what I said at the beginning is, the whole point is that <laughs> Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. <laughs> this is the truth. You, f the, you find the truth, the truth sets you free. Munchkins. Truth, truth, truth. Munchkin the whole truth. point of the Bible, why people defend the Bible We're and on say the outside. that the Bible is still on the outside, without you know? error. It is from God, it's, it's you know written by God through people. I mean, also whole, biblical inerrancy is another thing you have to define mm -hmm. and the nuances of that. Mm -hmm. And people don't do that and they just assume that that it just means, well, it's true about everything. What do you mean by right. that? Because right. well, all of the copies, some of the copies aren't true. Sure. For one thing, you know, some of the, like we have textual variants where it's like, which one is the right, the original? Right. right. That's not what we're talking about when it talks to that. Also, you have people lying in the Bible. Doesn't mean that it's not true. It's still recording the true event sure. that happened, you know, sure. but there's, and these are just like simple examples. But, um, but what do you mean like that the Bible is true? Also, Theoretically, it can be still true about those main things, Jesus and all that, while one thing in, you know, Jeremiah, if it was not true, it doesn't necessarily mean that, therefore, that's yeah, not therefore true. everything else is. So, so yes, we, we believe in biblical inerrancy, obviously. Sure. But if you didn't, you could still be a Christian believing in Christ and just believe that something like Andy Stanley, for instance, is probably in that camp. Though I don't know where he is right now, but but again, it doesn't touch on the essentials of the faith. Sure. Still, you know. So, point of all that is because it being true is paramount. Was that a sign for us? Un, uh, maybe more so than any like other faith. Blink. Right, the holy text yeah. being true is so such a it's a linchpin, right? Now, okay, you want to stop today? Just yeah. one more thing. Yeah. You had mentioned there were two camps when you were talking about that about the Bible being okay. So. We'll kind of push the pause button there. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm tired, man. It takes wow. so much longer to react to something than to watch something. Yeah. So it's an hour and 45 minute video and we're trying to react to it, um, which is gonna take longer than an hour and 45 minutes. So we're gonna have to um, split this up into two parts yeah. uh, again. But um, but really, I like where, where we're headed with this because I think there are some good points that he brings up. Sure. That would be fine to continue digging into. Um, but I do think that he's making very broad statements about um, the faith that don't, they don't follow from the problems that he's having. Because even with evolution, does not mean the core of the faith sure. is touched. Even with biblical inerrancy, does not, even in the Old Testament, which he brought up specifically the Old Testament, it still does not. And I think that's because in the New Testament, there is a lot more... Um, uh, 
geological and historical evidence because it's more recent. Sure. Um, And it's also more time when people were writing stuff down, like Josephus and other people. Like that's right. There's just more history from that New Testament. Um, But if there's something in the Old Testament that doesn't turn out to be true, it still doesn't necessarily mean that the stuff about Jesus isn't true either. Even though, of course, we would believe that it's all true. And what's the nuance of all of that? Like, what are the those really important details that people don't seem to bring up and they just assume that they know what those words mean with biblical inerrancy and stuff like that? Um, read the Chicago Statement on biblical inerrancy. That, that's what the Christian scholar evangelical community believes about biblical inerrancy. And you'll probably read some of those things and be like, wow, I didn't even know that that's right. But those that's are the how, things yeah, that are so that important. Yeah. yeah. So we'll leave that link. Uh, below also so that you know what we believe when we say biblical inerrancy because it might not be what you thought that we believe by it and i think that's an important thing for people who are in this part of deconstructing when they get this one little thing that can turn off like the the red the red flag alarm in their head to be like oh wait wait now that I'm reading this, I realize that that's not even what I should have believed before. Sure. So then that whole red flag is actually a red herring, <laughs> right? It's not actually important to the main details uh, at hand. So, um, yeah, so just little points like that. So hopefully you guys found this really helpful. Yeah. And uh, stick around <clears throat> for part two also. Yeah. Yeah, this is good stuff. I'm, I'm excited to be doing this. I'm, I'm, I'm less yeah, excited right now. <laughs> um, I do apologize because... I am really <laughs> waning right now. I am in my crepuscular state I was going to say, right the now. problem is I'm the crepuscular <laughs> one. So I, I'm i very active at night and twilight, things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at dusk. At dusk. <laughs> but like a vampire. Not, yes, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Because so I don't sleep. I do apologize. But this is, this is really good. I think w- one thing that we have to remember too, um, and – we would probably have to dig into this a little bit, but but we had done in the past dealing with uh, how should we then live with Francis Schaeffer, and he was talking about Thomas Aquinas and the Aristotelian kind of viewpoint that that the, um, the mind. that reason is not fallen, mm-hmm. reason is fallen, mm-hmm. you know, and it's good that we can reason, mm-hmm. you know, but the the reality of the the scripture doesn't trump our reasoning, you know, but we can, we can use that. It's mm-hmm. a tool that we have that we can use to, to determine, um, things like, you know, well, well good reasoning is good. Mm-hmm. And so like, well, um, what evidence is there for the things that are the most important for us to hold on to the munchkin, you yeah. know, part of that, uh, that donut, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, and, and there's a lot of good evidence for those things. So so really taking those things out and saying, okay, can I build a case for this? Can I build a case for this? Can I build a case for this? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the, the other stuff, like things that he had brought up, the, the kind of ancillary stuff, the stuff on the outskirts. What was the word that you used? Adiaphora. The adiaphora. Mm-hmm. That's a good word. I know. It means like, like on the that. peripheral. Yeah. Um, so the stuff... On the adiaphora, the I think it's yeah. a Greek word, actually. <clears throat> Is it a noun? Noun, I uh, noun. You got me all confused. <laughs> <laughs> 
um, but anyway, so, uh, um, so there is, you know, look yeah. for the evidence of the things, you know, that we can, yeah. we can really get a hold of and, you know, don't, don't be making an argument from silence, mm-hmm. you know, which is kind of what he was doing. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, it didn't say this. It's like, well, yeah, for the geology, you know, we haven't found this history. yet. And it's like, well, okay, so we haven't found that, but what have we found? Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And the evidence for the resurrection of Christ is so mm-hmm. vast mm-hmm. and the the writings of Christ and not only in the scripture. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's Josephus, it's right. uh, um Tacitus, yeah. it's it's all of these writers, yeah. um Pliny the Younger, right. you know, like all of these writers who are who are referencing, you know, this this Christianity that's going yeah. on. Yeah. You know, the um the you know what what went on at the time so yeah and and the the fact that we have a book that has been um passed down mm-hmm. is evidence in itself mm-hmm. just because it has a nature of of um uh like supernaturalism God doesn't yeah. mean that it's not still accurate yeah. you know and and that's a problem that we tend to have it's like well it's you know it, it, it because of its supernatural origin or its supernatural mm-hmm. kind of um, character. Yeah, yeah, its character. Well, well, we can't trust it as history, mm-hmm. historical. Right. It's like right. well, why? Yeah, you know, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. you know, because those writings are are legitimate writings. Yeah. You know, they're they're letters to churches or they're yeah. you know they're they're uh, um, stories of what these people eyewitnessed, right, you know, right. and and then to look at the 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 veracity of the accounts and and determine like, well, you know, are people really going to like really going to give their lives for a lie that they know is a lie? Yeah, you know, it's one thing to give your life for a lie that you don't know is a lie, right? Yeah, but to give your life for a lie that you know is a lie yeah like i mean there's so there's so much yeah and cha- stuff changing their whole into. worldview before being like scared yeah. and you know peter denying christ and right. then after being um you know a powerful witness it's like something happened to yeah. make that happen yeah. and then starting with the 12 apostles to going to where it is today and like the explosion of sure the church um it's like somehow that happened and that has to be explained somehow sure. and it, so that's like you said, in and of itself. Also that the Bible speaks of these supernatural things. So if you're going at it from a purely like rational, I need to have sure. this understanding of how could this have happened scientifically of things that are spoken of in supernatural terms, then you're starting from the wrong spot. Because, I mean, the thing that can change the world the way that Christianity did is something supernatural. Because if it's just, you know, what I see and I, oh, I can't, I wasn't there. So we can't know, you know, about that kind of thing. It's called radical skepticism. It's like, that's not how we come to a conclusion about anything. I've never been to Hawaii. I still believe that it exists. I don't Um, believe Antarctica exists. Yeah. 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 Or Australia. Yeah. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So you can still come to like very well-grounded. Uh, very well-grounded beliefs without having to see something with your own eyes kind sure. of thing. It's like, well, you can trust the eyewitness of people who were there and saw him die and then sure. saw him rise again. You know, like those mean something in the court of law. We put people away for life sure. because of testimony like that. So like there can be something there. Sure. So do I have to, a reason to believe they're right. lying? 
Right. You know, yeah. like, well, okay, so let's weigh that. Right. You know, that, yeah. that has to be part of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Yes, and then, exactly. and then the effect yeah. that the, that the scripture has had mm-hmm. on the world, the, that what Christianity has had on the world and, and the, the truths that are in it. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you follow it consistently, consistently and understand it consistently as best that we can, mm-hmm. you see how, like, th- this is something that is beyond the ability for the hum for humans mm-hmm. to just kind of come up with mm-hmm. because there's there's a complete lack of self yes selfishness yeah. self-indulgence mm-hmm. um it, it speaks against all of that stuff and it's just not us you know right it, it yeah. is an- antithetical to yeah. our nature you yeah. know so well, like you were saying about like original sin like adam and eve you need them to have original sin kind of thing it's like whatever you want to say about original sin like you know that your kids are not born with like perfection and then you know like over time they get worse kind yeah, of they sure. see the world kind of thing it's like they are born with a tendency already against what is good right like the classic like you never have to teach them how to tell a lie sure. you know but you have to continually be correcting them for the truth so my point is that things in the Bible that we um, come to conclusions about, like with original sin and stuff, have um, manifestations in reality also. And that can't be like done, a, like just not dealt with at all. Because I can see it with like, you know, why do we need a sacrifice to please God kind of a thing? It's like, okay, okay. But you know that there's a sin problem in the world. So it's like, okay, what explains that? Um, if you don't have God then how would you have like a way out of that, you know, and then all the morality and stuff like that. So like there's stuff in scripture that you have to, I think, if you're being honest, you have to come to it understanding that this is speaking to our world because we see the need for something to get us out of this like hellhole that we're in of sin. And um, without without something to tell us about where, where did that come from and how can we get out of that, then um, you're just left with the sin, but no real way to get out of it, except sure. for like a, a plateau of platitudes of like, be kind to one another kind of a thing. Right. It's like, that's not enough to <clears throat> deal with the, the, um, the inherent sin that's, you know, within, that you know is in your own heart. Sure. You know, so. <clears throat> All right, guys. Uh, so that'll do it for part one of this. Please let us know what you thought in the comments below. Uh, check out our sponsors, Morning and Baking and friendsoftodayschoice.org. And um, leave us uh, a topic that you'd like us to react to, which is our new format that we're doing for now. Um, we'll be doing one soon, right? After our next episode of this. Yes, yes. We'll be doing one that was yep, uh, we got presented a, to us. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, talking about post-millennialism, preterism, and kind of like the end times from a, maybe a different perspective than... Um, than oh, it sounds so terrible. We were brought up and yeah, lots, lots of big words. So no, we can't wait. <laughs> we can't wait for that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, stick around for part two next week, and uh, we will see you guys then. And, and, and remember, oh, this is me. Yeah. And remember, this is so Don't important. backwards. This is so important, so I better get it right. <laughs> um, remember, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church of Christ. Amen. He has all authority, and by his strength, mm. we are taking background. Take it to the bank. <laughs> Amen. All right. <laughs>